Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Today, Pastor Taylor is on part four of his series, Rooted and Grounded in Love. It's called, Because You Are Justified by Faith in Jesus Christ. Good morning. Today, we're going to talk about five words, and we're going to teach on three, but we're going to mention five words that's very important. Let's open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. The title of the message is because, because of, that you have been justified, that we've been justified, that I've been justified by faith in Jesus Christ. Because of that, the things that we're going to talk about today is very important. Let's read verse 12. For now we see it in a mirror dimly, but then... Face to face. Now I know in part, but then we will, we will know fully, just as also we have been known. Verse 13. But now faith, hope, love about these three. But the greatest of these is love. So it's, it's contrasting what's going to happen when Jesus comes back. So for now... We see dimly. But then when he comes back, we'll, we'll see face to face. When we get our glorified bodies. And, have, and it says that now we know in part. But then I will know fully just as I've been known. But now, meaning now, abides faith, hope, and love. That's important. Those are three of the five words that I want to talk about. Now, we know we're not uh, going to dwell on love because that was last week's message. But love is important because I said so, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the whole uh, message last week. Love is very important. But I never talked about faith last week, basically. We talked about faith, faithfulness, uh, but not faith. But in order to go further with the fruit of the Spirit, you're going to have to have, I'm going to have to have faith. In other words, I have to truly, totally rely on God. I have to trust him. See, if I don't trust God, then why am I going to love somebody? Why would I believe that he loves me? If truly I don't trust him, because you don't believe what people uh, say that you don't trust. So faith is very important. Hope is very important because hope is not worldly hope. This is biblical hope. It's really uh, let's. To speak about the world of hope. The world of hope is, is just a desire for something good to happen. You know, I desire that 
be a millionaire, billionaire, trillionaire. I desire, you know, for somebody that every day, I think I, I desire for a letter to come in my mailbox where somebody gave me a million dollars. How about you? I mean, that's just a desire. Okay, but I don't expect that to happen. Do you expect it to come in your mailbox? You know? Well, well see, biblical, biblical now, hope goes further. Biblical hope is, yes, you desire something good to happen, but biblical hope is that you expect it to happen. You anticipate it happening. You see? Why? Because you have faith. Because you trust what God has said. That's why you have hope. Without, without hope, you don't have anything to look forward to. And we know that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, faith is a substance of the title. These are those things hoped for. So we, we, we know we have to have hope in that. Now let's talk about this hope a little bit further. Let's go over to Romans chapter 15. Because that's one of the words we want to talk about. We have, we're not going to talk about faith today. We're not going to talk about love today. We're going to talk about hope. We'll talk about two other uh, manifestations of the Spirit of God. And we said that the, the fruit of the Spirit is the result of the presence of the Spirit of God controlling, leading your life, my life. That's what we mean by the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is not uh, nine things. Well, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, good. That's the result of the Spirit's presence. The Spirit's uh, are leading and guiding you and me. That's the result of it. It's the effect of it. And it's more than those nine also. But in order to have what we're going to talk about today, patience, That's important, isn't it? Patience is important. You know? um, peace. All those that kindness, goodness, temperance, all those type of things. We have to have faith. We have to have hope. We have to have love operating together. And it's hope. Let's look at it in verse 13 of chapter 15 of Romans. Now, may the God of hope. <laughs> May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Now, is joy one of those manifestations, one of those effects or results of the Spirit's leading and controlling us? How about peace? Okay, we'll talk about those two. The God of hope. Where is your hope from? What's your hope based on? Who's the author of your hope? It has to be God. You have no other basis, no other basis to really expect, anticipate what God has said coming to pass if it's not coming from God. I don't care how much you say, I don't care how much I say, we are subject to be an error. Is that correct? 
We're subject to make a mistake. We're subject to go back on what we have said for whatever reason. It might be because you can't. You know, it was my aim to uh, never get sick. And so when I'm supposed to teach, I teach. And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll be teaching next Sunday. But if I'm sick, I won't be able to teach. But see, God, if he says what he's going to do next week, he doesn't get sick. <laughs> Can't no one detain him, right? So whatever he says is going to come to pass. He's the God of hope. Oh, he's the God of hope. He's the author. Oh, he's a, he's a carrier out of it. Everything is, is based on God. My hope is based on God. My expectation, my anticipation is based on what God has said. That's what it's based on. Let's go a little further with this hope. Let's look over in Romans chapter 4 and in verse 18. We'll read about what hope does and how we have to have this type of hope, this type of expectation, this type of anticipation, if God has said it now. So the first thing, before I can have that expectation, that anticipation, I must know what God has said. If you don't know what God has said, if I don't know what God has said, why are we going to expect something to come to pass if he hasn't said it? Verse 18, in hope, against hope, he believed. Now, what does that mean? In hope, against hope. In expectation, anticipation of something happening that God has said, against that expectation and anticipation, he believed. What did God tell Abram, you're going to, you go, you know, right? You'll see it's going to be the, uh, as many as the stars of the sky, the sand of the, of the sea. I mean, he's going to have a multitude of seed, right? No child yet. Matter of fact, your wife, Abraham, is old, and she's barren. She's been barren, and you've been trying to have kids, man, for a long time. Yeah, I mean, she didn't have no child at 90 years old. That's what it means, against hope. Against hope. Against hope. How about us? Have, has God said something to you that it doesn't look like it in the natural? It can happen. Has it said something to us as Christians, corporate, it, it, it's not happening. I mean, has it said anything like that to, to, to us? He said a lot of things, hasn't he? You're predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Hmm. I said, wow. I'm a long ways from it. So how's that going to happen? All I know, he said it. 
we're going to be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Right? I mean, we can, we can go to some things he's saying now in his word, right, about his body. We're going to be with him. My advice says we are seated with him in heavenly places. I see you sitting here. Uh-huh. Are you really seated with him in heavenly places? It says you've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you live. Are you, were you crucified? I mean, I mean, you weren't even born when you were crucified. How are you going to be crucified? You see what I'm saying? It, it says a lot of things that we're going to just have to have belief, right? What he said is true. See, so when he said that in hope against hope, he believed so that he might become the father of many nations. And according to that which has been spoken, so shall your descendants be. Oh, that's powerful. Without becoming weak in faith and in trusting and total relying on God, he contemplated his own body, not as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old. How many, how many hundred years old you know having children? Right? Hope against hope. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Hope against hope. <laughs> wow. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. Hope against hope against hope, hope, hope. Yeah? That's hope, hope against hope. You know? <laughs> Yet, with respect to the promise of God, this is what God says, he promised. He did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully assured of, of what God had promised, that what God has promised, he is able to perform. Do you believe it? See, I'm not talking about head knowledge now. Do you believe it? Because, see, if you believe it, it changes the way we act. It changes the way we talk. It changes what we do. Do you see? If we believe it. Therefore, it is also credit to him as, as, as righteousness. Now that for his sake, it's not for his sake only is written, and it was credited, but for our sakes also to whom it will be credited for those who believe in him who raised Jesus from the dead. He who was delivered over because of our transgression and was raised because of our justification. Hope. Hope. He had hope. He had hope. Tell me, who else had hope? When he had this Son, the one that was a son of promise, what was his name? Isaac. When he had this son, God says, I want you to offer him up. Offer him up as an offering. And when you offer somebody up, in those days he said, you kill him, right? Okay, you slay him. Now this is the only Son, the only son, a promise. And you want me to kill him? You said that my descendants going to be as many as the stars of heaven. How is that going to be? 
You can't waver in trying to figure it out, can we? But we've got to trust that what he said, he would do. He's able to do it. So, therefore, he would say, the boy and I going up, we're going to sacrifice and then we'll come back to his men that was with him. <laughs> well, hey, Dad, I, you know, we've got the fire, we've got the wood. Where's the offering? God will provide. God will provide. Come on in. We have to have faith in what God has said to us in spite of the circumstances. That's what throws us all off. That's what throws, from the beginning, it throws us off. It threw us off, didn't it? From the beginning, it threw us off. Because we, we're trying to figure it out. That's what we're trying to do. Figure it out. Well, how is this going to What does it mean? Suppose Adam would have loved God so much with all his heart, all his soul, all his strength. And I'm going to obey him with everything I got. You see, he wouldn't have partaken of the fruit, would he? Forbidden fruit. And I say that we're always tempted. We're always tempted. We'll always be tempted, aren't we? Always going to be tempted. And we can't, with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, we're going to always be tempted. Things are going to go wrong in your life, in my life, frequently. Now, you say, well, uh, don't speak that over me. Okay. <laughs> speak that everything going to go well all the time with me. Well, I'll be speaking a lot because I know everything can't go well for you all the time because it didn't go well with Jesus all the time. And as he is, so are we on this earth. And we're going to have to be like our, isn't it enough to be like our Lord and Savior? Right? We're not going to be better, are we? I mean, I'm, I'm speaking word now. I'm speaking the word rather than turning to it. So I, all I'm trying to do is say, now, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and call the cause of perfect. We know that too, right? So regardless of what happened, it's going to turn out to be good, isn't it? Because we love God. So what I'm trying to say is that we have to learn how to overcome what we see, what we feel, what's going on in reality. We have, to, we, have to, we have to get over that because what is real now, what you see, is subject to change. It's subject to change. It really is. What, what is not going well now is subject to change in a time. Let's go a little bit further. Now, that's that word hope. Let's go to another one, peace. Peace. And you're right there, Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, that's that word again, 
Today, I'm a, these other two words I'm going to talk about, I'm going to teach on, is peace and joy. I say you'll never have peace, the peace that God has. You'll never have it. I'll never have it. You'll never have it if we don't get this right in chapter 5. Right here. Okay? Let's listen to it now. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace. He just told us something. How do you have peace? Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because you have been justified, that was the title of the message, by faith in Jesus Christ, you can have peace. I can have peace. We can have peace. Let's go a little further. Through whom also... We have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory. That's the expectation, that anticipation of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also glory in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance, proven character and proven character, Hope, the word again, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out. King James says, shared abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. So we have faith, we have hope, we have love, brings us peace and joy because we have been justified by faith in Jesus Christ. And listen what it says. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Would you all agree that we were ungodly? For one will hardly now, hardly die for a righteous man. Though perhaps now for a good man, someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrated and demonstrates his, his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, since he did that, when we were yet sinners, much more, it says in verse 9, than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. Oh, my goodness gracious. Peace. Peace. We can have peace. What is peace? Peace is that tranquility of soul. It's that calmness, undisturbedness of your soul that's assured of its salvation with God. It's assured of its salvation with God. It doesn't Fear anything from God at judgment. Nothing. Nothing from God. Nothing from God. Why? It just says it here. It just says that much more than having been justified by his blood when we were sinners, 
we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. So he just told us that. Because of our justification when we were sinners, and how much more now that you're, you have been justified by his blood, how much more are you going to be saved? I mean, you, this, it's a done deal. You don't have to worry about the wrath of God. You don't have to worry about, you know, uh, um, I wonder whether I'm going to go to hell. I wonder whether I'm being thrown in the lake of fire. I wonder where. You don't have to worry about that stuff. Peace. Tranquility of the soul. Assured of his salvation. Okay. Assured of his salvation. And don't fear anything from God from judgment. And because of that, I'm content with my earthly lot. Whatever it is. Now that is peace. Wherever I am at this point in time, whatever I'm going through, he knows. He's allowing it. He has everything under control. He can change it at any time he wants to change it. And it's subject to change at any time. And if it doesn't change... Doesn't really matter because I'm gonna be with him anyway. Right? At some point in time, I mean, hey, it's a done deal. So I can be at peace. Another, uh, uh, like an antonym for peace is like, if it, people try to get you out of peace because they, they try to agitate you, irritate you. You know, what a washing machine does to clothes, right? What does it do to clothes? Right. It'll shake it all around, upside down, man. It's going to move that thing around all the time. And it's going to shake the dirt out of it, isn't it? Okay? That's what it's going to do. Well, that's what sometimes the enemy tries to get us to do to each other. Doesn't it? Agitate, irritate, stir us up, you know. Keep something stirred up. Come on. Doesn't the enemy try to do that? Keep something stirred up. To get you out of peace. I say that. You can be at peace. I can be at peace. Whatever situation has happened, whatever we're going through, whatever he's putting uh, in front of our path at this particular time, we can be at peace knowing that it's subject to change. We don't have to try to figure it out. The children of Israel didn't have to try to figure it out where we're going to eat. I wonder what we're going to eat. Man, we had the flesh plots back there, man. We had the garlic. We had the leeks, man. We had all this thing. Man. They took us out in this wilderness, and we don't have nothing to eat, man. What are you going to eat? You don't have to think about that, do we? You don't have to be thinking about that. So he feeds them. What are we going to drink? He gives them manna. What are we going to drink? Oh, man. It's desert. What are we going to drink? I'll make water come out of the rock. Okay. Go strike the rock, Moses. Water comes out of the rock. Okay. I don't want this man all the time. He's always complaining, right? <laughs> see, they, they hadn't figured it out yet. They don't have peace. They don't have peace. See, see we have peace. Let's look over in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 15. No, 27, verse 27. John 14, Gospel of John, verse, chapter 14, verse 27. We can have peace, see. Oh, we can have peace. It says that peace I leave with you. My peace 
I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you. What kind of peace does the world give? Temporary peace. As long as everything's going all right, I got peace. Things don't go all right, don't have peace. But the peace that, that Jesus said, I give you, not the world gives, it doesn't matter what's happening. You're going to have peace anyway with his peace. Because it's a peace that's assured of his salvation, right? Don't have to fear nothing at judgment, right? And content with his earthly lot, whatever state you're in at this time. Because I know that because it says, do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let it be fearful. Why would my heart be troubled? Why would it be fearful if everything is going hunkadori? I say that his peace is supposed to surpass the understanding of everybody else that's outside the body of Christ because the peace that we have is a peace that regardless of what happening, what is happening, whatever is before us, we can still have that calm, undisturbed spirit. Our soul is at rest. You know, like the, 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 the hymn, Is Well With My Soul. And you know when it was written, right? His son has died. His daughter has been had died. His wife was saved alone. He goes over to meet his wife and over the spot where it, uh, the, the, the boat went down and his, his girls died. He penned, is well with my soul. How can it be well with your soul? If it's your of his salvation, right? Concerned about any fear of God at the day of judgment. I'm content with my earthly lot, whatever it is, because I know that he's in control. I know that he has a plan. I know that he loves me. I know that, see, he knew that, that God loved his daughters. They're his, right? If you have children, they, you, 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 they're on loan. They're his. They're his. You're his. <laughs> right? Matter of fact, the whole earth is his. And everything that's in it is his. Would you agree with that? It's his. He can do with it what he wants to. And you surely wouldn't argue that God is good. Right? God is good. We might not feel good about what's happening, but God is good. We just don't know what's happening. We don't know what, 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 what what's taking place. We don't know. We don't know. Oh, peace. 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 Let's go just a little bit further. I'm going to uh, uh, go to, uh, uh, forget about the video clip. Uh, I'm not going to do that, okay? I'm going to go to a verse that's not on, on the PowerPoint, but she'll get it up there. John chapter Chapter 16, verse 33. Uh, uh, this, this piece is so important. Uh, John, we're in John anyway. We go to chapter 16, verse 33. 
I want to spend a little bit more time on this. Peace. It says, these things I have spoken to you so that in me, that's important, you may have peace. In the world, you have tribulation. He can also say persecution. He can also say affliction. He can also say trouble. He can say a lot of things that, you know, but they're the same thing. You're going to have problems in the world, but in me, you have peace. Take courage. I have overcome the world. Oh, that's important. In me. Our life is hid with Christ in God. We are in Christ. You see? You know, Christ said, he said, God, you in me, and I'm in you. And it was, I think it was John 17 when he was praying a prayer. And see, we need, I want them to know how much you love me and how much you love them. See, he wanted the world to see things. How much the Father loved him and love them, which is us. <laughs> oh, if we ever get it, that, that peace comes. You have to have faith now because you've got to trust what God says. You've got to have hope. You have to expect and anticipate it. You have to know that God loves you in order for you to have this peace. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it is so good. I have one, one other word to, to um, share with you. Uh, that's the word joy. The word joy. Now, the word joy is gladness. It's rejoicing. Um, that's, a, that's a funny word, too, because you say, well, we're supposed to have joy. I don't feel like I'm not glad all the time. I'm not joyful all the time. Well, I understand that you're not, but you, is, is you still have that joy, that gladness in you, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And we know that, that you still have to have that still, Romans chapter 5, you still have to have that in depth in our soul, that because we have been justified by faith in Jesus Christ, because he died for us when we were yet sinners, how much does his blood, I mean, we, we were cleansed by his blood. How much more now are we going to receive all that he said we're going to receive? We can have joy in the midst of our situation. We can be at peace. Have you ever wondered why? Uh, turn to Luke uh, chapter 10, and we'll be in verse 17. Have you ever wondered why the apostles, when they get, they got the apostles, they put them in jail. An angel came and got them out of jail. They didn't even know they were out of jail. The guards didn't know they were out of jail. They came to get them, and they said, hey, the guards are on duty. The jail is secure, but they are gone. Somebody comes in, hey. They in the synagogue, they, 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 they talking, they, they teaching in the synagogue. Go get them. So they go get them and bring them back. Hey, didn't I tell you not to teach in this name anymore? And, and 
and a wise Pharisee, uh, he said, well, look, uh, you don't want to do anything to them because if it's, if, if it's not God, it's not going to come anything anyway. If it is God, you don't, you don't want to be found, you know, fighting God. And anyway, you're not going to be able to overthrow it anyway. So you need to leave them alone. And so they flogged them. They beat them. And you know what it, what it said? They went away rejoicing. They were found worthy to be flogged for the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's weird. Rejoicing. Because when we get, I mean, come on. If somebody drag you out of here, out there and beat you, and now you go back in there if you want to. And you come back rejoicing. <laughs> So y'all are Christians, I'm going to get one of you and just show y'all one. Uh, get Sam, you know, take him. <laughs> he represents the elders, take him. <laughs> you think he'll come back rejoicing? Would you come back rejoicing? And say, all you Christians in there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an example out of one of y'all so the rest of y'all know don't come back next Sunday. And and they take one of out and, and, and beat them and they come back. Would you rejoice if you did one? Woo! Hey, praise God! They beat me! You know? Come on. Who knows karate? Who got to, <laughs> you know, come here. Who? We, got, we got to get them, right? We got to do something. World of ways. No. Uh, they rejoiced. How do they have that kind of rejoicing? How do they have that kind of gladness? How do they have that? And I say it's because of their trust in Jesus Christ. Right? Oh, my goodness. Let's look at it here. Verse 17. It says the 70 returned because he sent the 70 out by twos. They returned saying they returned with joy. So it's good. They returned with joy. Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. See, they weren't like, you know, some of the others who went out, like Stephen, you know, the sons of Stephen, and they jumped, the demons jumped on them and beat them up. So they, they didn't get beat up. They came back rejoicing. And it says that, and he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents, and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. But rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. I say that our joy has to be because of our justification by faith in Jesus Christ. That when we were yet sinners, he died for us. <laughs> we were cleansed by his blood. We have, we have no fear at judgment day. We know our salvation is secure. So whatever lot we are going through now, it really doesn't matter. Because it's not about these are the hundred years that you're going to live on this earth if you live to be a hundred. It's not about this hundred years you live on earth. It's about eternity. 
See, it's the perspective that we have. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter um, 10. In Hebrews chapter 10, it tells them that because it's a, it's a marvelous thing here. Because we, we read it, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32. It says, but remember the former days when after being enlightened, you endured the, a great conflict of suffering, partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations and, oh my goodness gracious, and partly by becoming shares with those who were so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property. How are we like that? The government said, well, I need your house, foxes. We need your house. And so get out. We need it. They seize your property. Would you rejoice? <laughs> because you're a Christian, we're going to take your house. All the others on the block, we're not going to take their house because they're sinners. We're going to take yours because you're a Christian. We're going to take your house. See, you're supposed to rejoice. I'm not there yet. Are you? <laughs> I'm not there yet. I know you're not there. <laughs> because right, I'm not there. I said, well, you're going to take my house. Wait till election day. You know. <laughs> now listen why I said though now. It says that knowing, what do they know? That you have for yourselves a better possession and lasting one. Where is it? Eternity is much longer than 100 years. Everything we do, everything we say, it has to be about eternity. Everything. And so that's why we can be at peace. That's why we can have joy. Because that we have been justified by faith in Jesus Christ. And we don't have to be concerned about the here and now. Because we're aliens, whether you know it or not. I think Second Peter says that. We are aliens. What's an alien? Sojourners. Our home is not here. Where's your home? In heaven. Seated with Christ in heavenly places. You came, you, you're born again. And he, he said, just as you sent me, I send them. Right? So he, we are sent ones. We are ambassadors. That's what we are. Ambassadors. We're supposed to be pleading with the ones who have, haven't not yet saved, who haven't given their life to Jesus Christ yet. We're supposed to be about doing the Lord's business. He, he, he said, I'm sending you out in the world like doves, like lambs, midst of wolves. Right? And, and, and you've got to be about doing that because you're an alien. Don't get entangled with the affairs of this life, another scripture will say. Right? Because you're not from here. This is a foreign land. So why can't we be joyful in the confiscation of our goods? Why can't we be at peace regardless of the situation? 
why are we going to let the, let the enemy stir, stir us up with anything? I say that I'm not there, but I want to be there. What about you? Yeah, that's all I want to be. Let's stand. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Let's go to God in prayer. Let's bow here. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord, that told us in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, that having been justified by faith in Jesus Christ, we have peace. And we know we also have joy because of that. Father, we want it to be a reality in our soul. We want to have that tranquility in our soul. We want to have that joy deep down because it's your joy. It's your peace. Father, help us to show the world Places where we work, the classes that we go to, when we go to the marketplaces, wherever we go, Lord, help us to take peace, take joy in the midst of the situation. Because we know that in the world we're going to have pressure, trouble, tribulation, persecution. We know we're going to have it. We know we're going to have it. We, We... Even if we work among Christians, all of us are not there yet. So we're still going to suffer, even with each other. We're asking you, Lord, to help us to be that light, to be that salt, to be that example that we talked about last week, that we can totally yield ourselves to the Spirit of God. That he would control us. That we would practice mortifying this flesh, the deeds of the flesh, mortifying it. We'll practice that so that you may be seen in our workplaces, places we go. If there's anyone here that hasn't given your life to Jesus Christ, and you say today, I want to be justified by faith, not by works. It's by faith alone in Jesus Christ. Then raise your hand and put it back down, and we'll pray for you. Is anybody here that's like that? Anybody? Is anyone here that you say, well, I gave my life to Jesus Christ, but I want to return to, to Christ because I haven't been living for him, and I, I, I want to do that. I want to do that today. Would you raise your hand and put it back down? I want to pray for you. I want to embarrass you. Anybody like that today? Would the prayer team come up here? And I'll close with, with, the, with putting us all in this prayer. Is that God, give us the strength. Give us the strength to make this message of peace 
and joy in the midst of what's going on in our lives, a reality. We ask that in the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody say amen. Thank you again for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Our website is cornerstonelynchburg.com. You may call us at 434-847-4796. And our physical address is 525 Old Graves Mill Road in Lynchburg, Virginia.